Hi, uh, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Port Ponky. Uh, I'm making a game called Recursed. And what's what's the game about? It's a platform puzzle game. Uh, it's a logic puzzle game, so it's purely logic puzzles. And it's yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, the I guess you could call it the uh, forgotten word. The the main shtick is there's different rooms, and the rooms yeah. are in chests, in like a treasure chest. You jump into the chest, and you okay. enter a new room. But the chests are also items, so you can carry rooms around, move rooms inside other rooms, or inside themselves. Okay, so for the audience out there, where can they find out more information about the game? Like, is there a website or something else they can check out to kind of check it out while they're listening to this? My uh, social media presence isn't exactly great. I have a, a Twitter, I'm PortPonky on Twitter, where I tweet about my game. It's currently on Steam Greenlight. Okay. But other than that, there's not really a lot. Google would help. Okay. So, <laughs> so they would just go to Twitter and be Port Ponky. So P O R T, is it P O R T P O N K Y? Yes, that's correct. Great. Um, yeah. So what um, what inspired you to make a puzzle game? And this is like your first indie game, right? Or it's my first attempt to. Uh, uh, sort of financial oh, okay. uh, foray into the indie world. I've made other games in the past. Um, I usually make action games or puzzle games um, because I like making games that are really difficult. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think you... <laughs> really difficult puzzle games are a bit more approachable than really difficult action games. Okay, so the the previous games you did were they what what tool did you use to make them? I make all my stuff in C++. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm a, an old guy, so I just use the... Uh, um, I guess it's kind of old-fashioned. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, what inspired you to, to finally make a commercial game? I know you said you mentioned you made previous games before. What, what inspired you this time to make a commercial game? Um, it's not one specific reason. I, I was made redundant uh, at the start of the year. Okay. Um, I have some savings, so I have some time to think about what I want to do with my life. Um, I've always liked making games, and I've always thought maybe I could have have a go at that, making that a my sort of profession, I guess. Yeah, I'm not yeah. too keen on the sort of whole commercial side. Um, like I live in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, where yeah. Rockstar is, and I'm not too keen on working in the industry as. <laughs> Professional indies always would have been the way I'd have approached it. Well, so it sounds like you're you're also in a race against time because you want to make this. Oh yes, yeah. And so, <laughs> oh, yes. so the reason I I mentioned that is like, so then why go for why go for Scratch? Like why? Because you mentioned using C plus plus versus say something like Unity or some of these other tools where you could literally maybe put it together in a few weeks. It provided you have the right game design. You know, you need to have the right game. Well, I don't know if I could put it together as fast in Unity because I don't really know anything about Unity. That's okay. Um, yeah, no, that's true. It's well, C sharp, isn't it? I'm, I'm yeah, not which great is... at C sharp. I've done it professionally in the past, but not to any great extent. Whereas I've had 
probably over 10 years of C++ as a professional, not in the games industry, but yeah. uh, as a professional programmer. So, But, but aren't C Sharp and C++ somewhat similar, or, or what are your thoughts on that? They are somewhat similar, yeah. yeah. C Sharp is like a nicer, friendlier yeah. version of C++. No, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a good question, because first of all, there's, there is definitely a benefit from, for understanding the fundamentals. You know, even if you use Unity or some yeah. of these other third-party tools, you know, even, okay, fine, even if it accelerates your game development, I think that it's still useful to at least understand the fundamentals, whether it's the programming or the math or even the design. Um, even of though, course. yeah, um, because, because then, then you can be flexible because who knows what's going to happen next year. It could be some other language or something else that whatever, but, um, but yeah, no, for me, that's, that's still kind of interesting because it's like, but anyway, I mean, like, it's like, cause you have to balance now getting a game out that actually resonates with the audience with, with the time constraints that you have, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and so I don't know, it, it is difficult, but then sometimes I guess that's where I feel like some of the listeners have to consider one of the habits that I think indie developers need to have is like every month maybe do an experimental game jam where you play around with different tools because you said you don't know if you could actually do it faster in unity i don't did you ever try unity or i have not tried unity no yeah but even i think i had a, a three months free of uh unity pro at some point okay but i never i never made use of it yeah I pro probably should have i mean to say I'm doing it from scratch in C++. I have a lot, lot of experience in C++. No, if someone I, out there well, is I, starting out as a 20-something, de definitely they should choose Unity or Unreal Engine or something. Look into those well, first yeah, before. Well, I'm not. I'm, not <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, who knows? Unity may not even be the answer for it. But the fact is that you didn't even try that you know, and try some other things. And I feel like that's just part of the process for development is to potentially explore other things. Like for example, I've used Corona. I don't know if you've heard of Corona SDK in the past. I haven't heard of that. But oh, mm, it was, rings a bell. Yeah, it was. It's like it was. It blew my mind how fast it was to develop mobile stuff. And I just tried it as an experiment one day, and it's just like with someone else, and it was like whoa, you know. And and yeah, you know, I had experience in other languages, and Corona used a different language, but. But I mean, it's still, it's still interesting to kind of discuss the concept of, do we use the stuff that we're familiar with or do we jump into something new? Cause there are benefits to both, you know, and there definitely are. Yeah. If you're not familiar with C++, then I would definitely not <laughs> recommend it. Sort of a, well, Strauss, the inventor of C++ described it as a shotgun. It's very powerful, but you can blow your leg off with it. Yeah, well, look, if, and plus there are, there are decent libraries also, I'm sure, for game, de for game development in C++. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, using so. uh, SFML. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And um, GLM, which is a library for... Yeah, and... In the, what you do is in a shader, yeah, but look, in, the, in the code. I mean, there's benefit, and in, but the one trend that I've noticed in the industry is that people are trying to get their game on all types of different platforms. And, and yes. that, that includes mobile as well as PC. And I think with C++, you can definitely get on PC and Mac, right? And even maybe Xbox. Um, yeah. 
but I don't I don't know about some of these other platforms. That's that's my only other concern about C++, but maybe it doesn't even matter. Because if you if you do well on one platform and do it, do it really well, then someone will port it for you. You know. Well, if it does that well, then yeah. yeah. I I think with my case, I had a very clear idea of what I was making, and I knew how fast I could make it in okay. C plus plus. So I reckoned I could that <laughs> okay, would be okay. fast enough. Um, I'm targeting Mac, uh, Linux, and Windows. Okay. Um, obviously, consoles and mobile stuff is way out of my zone of knowledge, so I uh, not yeah. really uh, thinking about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so you came, you came up with the idea, how long, or when did you decide to actually start developing the, the project? Pretty much when I was told that there would be redundancies at my place of work. Okay. Um, I worked in the oil industry. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's been... Yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> it's had quite a decline over the last couple <laughs> yeah. of years. So I'd been through a few waves of redundancies and I... Okay. Held on to my job, but the oh. writing was on the wall. Oh, so funny. it's an opportunity, point, dude. So. Yeah, I immediately thought, okay, I'll probably need a new job, and in the meantime, I'll start on uh, an indie game. Initially, it was solely for a kind of portfolio piece because um, if you do something neat that's got some flashy graphics, it can work well yeah. as a portfolio piece, if nothing else. It was live. Um. Okay. So. On the... Okay. Yeah. It, it kind of cut out. So. Um, <laughs> hang on a second. Um. I know it's. You said that it was going to be a portfolio piece. Um. But then, what? What inspired you after that? Uh. Well, it turned out. To well, first of all, it's not particularly good as a portfolio piece because it's uh, not very flashy. Yeah. And secondly, it was kind of fun. Yeah. And my friends enjoyed mucking about on it. So, well, when you decided I, to work on this, because you said you did like action games before, right? Yeah, I've made a very few action games. And what, what inspires you to do a puzzle one this time? It was mostly that I had the idea of having rooms in chests. Okay. It just came to me one day. Um, which which Mario game is it? Mario Three. You can jump inside the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the jars, and you can do it in your challenge as well. Okay. And I thought that's kind of cool, but what if we took that to another sort of level? So you have jars inside jars, and uh, so initially when I came up with that, I sketched it out on paper because. I was trying sketching things out on paper, an invaluable yeah. way of uh, prototyping. Just sketch it out. Is this a good puzzle mechanic? And I kind of thought, no, it's not. It took about two weeks of coming up with uh, variations before I figured out exactly how the mechanic should work, such that there would be more than about two basic puzzles. <laughs> Were you doing so this... this during those two weeks, was it mainly on paper that you were doing this, or was it were you actually prototyping this on, like, maybe in a game or something? Oh no, I do all puzzle design on paper. Okay. Uh, puzzle design, a lot of it is about state space, uh, as in 
if there's only one thing the player can ever do, the puzzle's not going to be too challenging. Yeah. Um, um, because they have virtually no choice. Unless what they have to do is incredibly weird, and they're, in which case it, it'll just be like a brick wall to them. Okay. So a good puzzle gives them options of which one is correct. And you can work that out on paper quite easily for simple puzzles. Obviously, the yeah. more complicated ones. Uh, well, during those two weeks, can you can you talk about your thought process and, and what you were doing to actually then find that mechanic that you felt would finally work and, and would give you that breadth of play and, and content that you could then put into a game? Well, my first idea was just the chess and the chess and... I quickly realized that's not really any different from just a level. So having uh, jars with rooms or, or chests with rooms and more rooms inside those isn't really any different. If you can move them around, it's just rearranging stuff pointlessly. So that took me about a week of sketching out before I was convinced that there was nothing good in that. And then I tried, I tried various different, um, variations for about a week until I settled on, uh, chests resetting when you leave. So when you exit a chest, the room inside resets back to its original state. Okay. Which is quite normal. People are so used to this in video games. Um, for example, Donkey Kong Country. I don't know if you ever played that and went back to the first level to get all the extra lives that are dead easy to get. And then you leave the first level and you go back into the first level to get a bunch more extra lives because it's all reset. Yeah. It, it's kind of normal, but once I'd done that, I sketched out a few sort of, uh, not really levels, just sort of puzzle plans on paper. And I found it was very confusing very quick. There was a lot of uh, meat on that. Okay. And and then could you walk me through maybe an example of where that mechanic actually led to some interesting gameplay? Um, because so, so you had this concept, right? And so you played yeah. around, you found this concept. Um, I mean, did you have an example level where you said like, wow, this could actually potentially work or? Yeah. Uh, plenty of the levels in the game that are actually in the game now were from me sketching stuff out on paper and then saying, oh, no, that's not possible, and then thinking about it for a while and going, hang on, maybe it is possible. So an example level from the game, a very simple level. Uh, you enter a room, there's a chest. You go in the chest, there's a key, and then there's two locked doors in series with the, the gold, the crystal, which you have to collect behind them. Now, the, the keys are video game keys, so when you use them, they're, they're gone. Okay. On okay. paper, it seems impossible. You've got one key and two doors, but it's quite simple. You pick up the key, and you leave yeah. the chest. And when you go back in, it's reset, so that key has respawned. Okay. So, so you're holding a key, and there's another key sort of duplicated. Yeah, and so so you had this kind of mechanic. What what was the next step after that? Um, I figured out every decent puzzle. I like all the puzzles to be 
unique. There's no point yeah, making a puzzle yeah. game if you retread the same things. And the, I've played puzzle games where this happens. The levels are sort of, there's like maybe eight separate different puzzles and each level is a combination of them. Yeah. It's okay for a while, but it gets very samey. Um, well, you know, that's, so like, it's difficult, I feel, to really design. I, you know what? I don't even know. Like, you, it, you know, it is hard. It is yeah. really hard to design uh, <laughs> a good puzzle game. <laughs> So so, what did you do? Like, how many puzzles did you feel like you needed to have before you felt comfortable saying that, okay, this would be something worthwhile? Because usually, like you I, said, they have like maybe eight different types of content or very like pseudo variations on the core mechanic. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just variations of that. But, but go ahead, yeah. Uh, more than 50 was my initial goal. At okay. the moment, it's got... Uh, 72. Oh, that's awesome. Levels. So, um, but I'm going to add a few more, I think. So your process then was like, okay, I've got this mechanic. I'm going to now sketch out a bunch of different levels related to that. Yeah. And yeah, and they then, didn't need to be perfect. I just needed to find every uh, yeah unusual way in which you can exploit the the mechanics. What? So how long did the, well, how many initial levels did you design then on paper before you started coding? Um, hard to remember, probably about 40 to 50. Oh, wow. And how long did that take? Like, and you were doing it all on paper. That's, did you, did you feel that you wanted? Um, I was doing it on paper, but I copied them in onto the computer. I drew them up. Okay. In, paint uh when i had a design that was good just with certain symbols yeah um like the actual level layout doesn't matter that much if there's a few extra platforms and stuff who cares the actual puzzle is what's important so it's more kind of a, a logical layout the actual details i can flesh out when i'm uh typing the level in because all, all the levels are uh, lewis scripts um so while you were de designing those initial puzzle ideas, were you thinking about maybe adding other mechanics, or, or what were your thoughts at that point? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would be very impressed with a puzzle game that only has one mechanic that can get you fifty different puzzles. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. That's so there, there always comes the point where you've done every kind of unique puzzle, and you need to think about what to add next. Yeah. And that is hard because if you make the wrong choice you'll end up with a bunch of not very good puzzles or worse you'll have some puzzles that don't fit with anything else in the game yeah um so i brainstormed i wrote down probably about uh 15 to 20 different mechanics okay um so for example one of them is water you can swim around in the water um but if you take a chest into the water and then go in the chest underwater, the room inside the chest will be flooded. Oh, okay, cool. Um, other mechanics I thought of were bombs and uh, uh, like a, a candle or something. Okay. Where if you take the candle in the water, it extinguishes. If you take the bomb in the water, it extinguishes. But you need to use the bomb to blow up a, a wall or something. I didn't put that one in because I didn't think there was much difference between that and keys. Uh, there's keys that unlock doors, as I've said. 
bombs to blow up walls which you need to ignite are maybe not exactly the same but they're potentially equivalent I can't say if they're definitely equivalent but it, for example if you structure the level in a certain way it could be made to be about the same so that that was a mechanic I didn't choose uh, okay but yeah I added in probably three mechanics past the the chests chest keys and doors and uh the classic puzzle game friend, the little block you can stand on. Okay. So you had, so at that point you had 50, like 50 level designs. Um, yeah. Once you, once you, or around there. And so then at that point, did you, did you decide to code it up or program it or what, what were your thoughts at that point? Um, well, I was still employed at this point. Uh, I was yeah. on guard leave. So. Yeah, I thought if I'm gonna do this, I better get it done. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so I, I rushed you... in, and from very early on, I was putting YouTube videos up of my. Uh, oh, cool. Progress, so you can go on my YouTube. <laughs> and um, how was how was that when you were doing that? Were were people responding, or was uh, it hard to get any subs- uh, any views, or what? Because because now I've been I've I, been trying to tell indie developers to potentially consider that, but it may be it may not be worthwhile. I don't know what. How was it for you? But the reason I did it is because I always like these retrospective things. Uh, I play a lot of Team Fortress 2, and you can look at how that game changed over its long development history. Um, and the amount of difference in the style from the final game to what it was at certain points is quite kind of shocking, basically. <laughs> it went yeah. from a very serious military sort of shooter to the cartoony thing we have now um but just all that sort of stuff um how games were during development i find very interesting so i mostly did it for my friends uh so they could look at it and just so i'd have some memento of what it used to look like were you (laughs) and believe me (laughs) on you go oh no go ahead go ahead (laughs) i was just gonna say that the original videos are incomprehensible the well, like player sprite is embedded in the floor and uh, well the, what how, how were you were you doing daily updates on the on the youtube channel or how often were you doing it no uh, weekly okay. um i actually had to stop because i upgraded to ubuntu 16 and uh obs didn't work for a few months so i, I couldn't really capture okay um well, I probably could have got it to work, but I was kind of busy actually making the game. Yeah. And um, and how long did it take to then have a playable version ready? Um, uh, I salvaged a lot of code I'd written in the past, so it was playable from probably about a couple of weeks in. Okay. So and one of the levels that's in the final game has been there since two weeks <laughs> into, the, into development. Once you had a playable version, did you just start showing to other people, or were you just playing it yourself, or, or how did you get us? When did you have a sense that this could potentially be something that that could potentially be commercial, you know, or or something that other people could play or would play? It's difficult to remember. Um, 
I mostly showed it to my friends on YouTube. Um, if friends came round to my house, I'd maybe sit them in front of it for two minutes, but until it really has uh, like at least decent graphics, I think people are afraid to say anything bad about it. Yeah. If it is just like blobs and programmer art, people are people will just say, "Oh, you great, you're doing a good job." Yeah, <laughs> um, no, that's true. <laughs> until it actually looks professional, people won't really tell you. Yeah, I don't think this is good. You need to tweak that. Um, so, so yeah, mostly it was just for entertainment. It was probably when it was probably about two months in. Okay. to development, I actually just stopped looking for other jobs and said, right, this is starting to look okay. good. The puzzles are fun. They're brain-twisting. Maybe I can go with this. So about two months into development. So at that time when you decided, you know what, you're going to focus on going with that, what did you think? I mean, what, what changes were you going to make? Because that means that not only do you have to do development, you have to do the marketing, you have to do the, you know, the financing and the distribution and all that other stuff. Um, what, uh, I guess, yeah, what, what did you decide at that point in terms of how you were going to actually make this succeed? Not just, not just from an artist, yeah. from a game point of view, but from, you know, a commercial point of view. Well, I've been making it up as I go along, to be honest. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, I don't have a great plan for any of that. I do know that the puzzle game... I call it a community, but there's not really a community of puzzle gamers. Um, but lots of people do like puzzle games. Um, yeah. A good puzzle has a general appeal. For example, action games, uh, people like them. They're fun. Um, but you go on, on YouTube and you watch the people who are really good, and that's that's great. Yeah. Um but for a puzzle game, if it's a good puzzle, anyone can sit down and play it, and they'll feel good when they solve it for themselves. Okay. It's got to have that that feeling when you get the puzzle, that that sort of click moment where you go, "Aha! I know what to do." Yeah. And when you try it, it works. And uh, so, I feel like it could have a big market. How I'm going to market it? Yeah. I don't know. And whether <laughs> just and whether email Steve... people. Well, whether Steam is the market either, right? Because Steam might be a different demographic than, than you, the demographic you're looking for. It may, it may be the perfect demographic. I don't know. But I mean, these Steam are, these is are... kind of the only place you can really be financially successful, um, on the PC. Yeah, on the PC. Um, there's itch.io, which is great, but I, I don't know if many people make a living just off itch.io sales. It's not got, Anywhere near as many users as Steam. Yeah. Saying that, I I probably will be targeting Itch.io as well. Um, okay. Certainly, if I don't get greenlit for a time, that's where my game will be living. Yeah. So you were talking about putting it on greenlight, um, you know, and putting yourself out there. I mean, yeah. How did you feel about that? Nervous. Yeah. Very nervous. Uh, well, you were you were already putting videos on YouTube, right? Yeah, but my YouTube channel is—I've got thirty subscribers or something. That's—I don't mind uploading any old rubbish to that. Okay. Um, but when you put it on green light, a lot of people will judge what you've done, and they'll give their opinion on it. And uh, 
That's fine. I don't mind people giving their opinion on my work. I'd yeah. like to know if they don't like it. Um, but still, just not not even just in game development, in any yeah. sort yeah, of artistic and that's, discipline. People who put themselves out yeah. there, are they're putting themselves on the line. Yeah, and I think before I was like, oh, you know what? Some of these people who put themselves out there, I could do better or... You know, there are people who are better than them, but you know what? The one difference between people who might even be better than the people who put it out there is that the people who put it out there are willing to get criticized, you know? And, yeah, and there's, there seems to be a lot of power or luck that can happen with that. If, if you, if you manage it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Green light is strange. Um, I've read so many, uh, Postmortems on people's successful green lights, or or people who languished there for yeah. a year or more. Well, yeah, well, and yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, from all I've read, I honestly haven't got a clear picture of how the process works. Yeah. Uh, well, you get forty-eight hours of um, views from the the queues that are generated. Uh, for people who enter into the green light section specifically to vote. So you get guaranteed views for the first two days. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say you should launch on a, a Wednesday or a Thursday because that gets the people who are bored at work on a Friday. Okay. Um, I, I launched on a Tuesday. And I, it might have been a bit early. I don't know. After that, you're kind of on your own. I, I, I don't get it. Some people snowball. I guess they have good social media presence. Um, yeah. The games that are really gorgeous, obviously, they do well. That's no surprise. But yeah, you're, you're on your own after the first two days. Um, so wh when does the green light end? Like, Is there like a certain timeline, or how does that work? No, you can, you can sit there forever. Oh, okay. um, I think they just want a certain number of yes votes. Um, okay. I think it's ratified against the number of people who viewed your item. Oh, okay. it, it doesn't show you that on the stats page, but I think it's yes votes divided by views is what they're interested in. That's my personal guess. Okay. And um, and I saw that you were actually getting a decent amount of views, right? Like, um, I'm at a, th a thousand and change views and yeah. I've got 350 yes votes. So that's, that's decent. Especially yeah. as my game is quite niche. It's a, a logic puzzler, so yeah. that appeals to a specific crowd. It, it's not going to uh, appeal to the, the sort of 12-year-old, or, well, maybe some of them, but most there... people who, well, <laughs> most people who play these sort of games are probably older okay. people was... who have jobs and stuff. Was there any feedback on... Um, yeah, was there any good feedback from the people who posted on the on the green light page? It's been generally positive. Okay, good. Um, I had a couple of people that said this is a bad game, which is fair enough. Well, did they tell you why or any changes <laughs> they um, suggested? Or certain things seem to get people riled up. I have a, a weird mix of two D art and low polygon three D. Oh yeah, yeah. I All the items that, yeah. in the game. Yeah, that winds some people up. It's kind of like early PlayStation, uh, PlayStation yeah. One era. Okay. Some people get annoyed by that and say it doesn't work. It doesn't look good. Some people say it looks fine. I'm not probably going to change it much now. Yeah. So 
I don't know what I can do with that. Everyone liked the music, so that that's good. Okay, that's that's good. And and that music was done also with the help of someone else, right? Or yeah, I'm okay, not that's particularly talented. Oh yeah, um, no, I mean, I think I think that's a good point to bring up just for other developers out there, which is that like you find someone else to help you, and you know, it's it's making the game better. Don't try and do everything yourself. Yeah, you know, because Studio yeah. Pixel was one guy that did everything doesn't mean you can or should. Yeah, well, Cave indeed, Story was uh, five and so five and a bit years development. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, indie yeah. development doesn't have to be solo development, and I don't know, but it is sometimes hard to to, to work with other people, especially if you if they want to do their own yeah. game or something else. But I think with the music part, it, it kind of meshes well. So that meshes well because. It's a separate kind of thing. Yeah. I it's difficult yeah. when you share your project with someone else. It feels like you're letting part of it go. Yeah, it's and <laughs> that's difficult. If it's someone's pet project, that can be really hard. Yeah, and it, a project can really suffer because they're not willing to do that, and yeah, the the nagging fear that you'll let people in and they'll just make a big mess of it. Is, yeah, or they'll well, flake true, out. Because that can happen. Yeah. That, or yeah. or they quit or this or that or whatever. You know, yeah. and that's just part of the I guess the luck. Yeah. Kind of, you know, yeah, I don't know. Man. Yeah, there and um, sometimes even people quitting it, it makes it more lucky, you know. It <laughs> so, can well if the right person quits yeah. make all the difference. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, it's just part of life. You have yeah. to make these leaps if you want to get to the goal. Well then, did, the, did you think about getting another programmer or artist to potentially help you? Um, programmer, no, because I'm uh, very experienced in that yeah. regard. Uh, if it was a bigger project, I wouldn't be against it. Programming is my field of expertise, so it's probably the part I would give up last. But I've worked professionally in teams of programmers, and I'm I'm okay with it. Um, artist, I toyed with the idea. My 2D art is okay. I I don't think it's amazing. Um, it's passable. Yeah. Uh, this I'd like to think there's charm to it. Main problem is each of these uh, disciplines getting someone to to help you is costly. Yeah. Uh, Usually. Well in a financial way, because people will want to be paid. And if it's not financial, then if they're, if they're helping you out of the, well, if, if they're helping you out of the goodness of their heart, then that doesn't mean it's completely free. You're going to have to support them. Yeah. You're going to have to help them. If they're doing it for free, it's likely to be their first attempt at it. So there's time. There's a lot of time input in that case. And there's, there's equity also, right? I mean, yeah, you can also give people to... equity or something, but yeah. But yeah. would you would you be willing to give someone a percentage of the game if they were an artist or you know or absolutely okay yeah I mean because um, I feel like that's something that also people are skeptical about but I don't know it, it might be worthwhile to I might try that more so because you know when I've succeeded it's like when I'm willing to give people a percentage you know a decent amount and but you know there are other ways to succeed too. So I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's good. To, 
because look, there's there's luck. You can't control everything yourself necessarily, and sometimes there's luck when you have someone else with a vested or similar interest to help you. So yeah, it, yeah. you're stuck between wanting to do everything yourself and yeah. wanting to uh, keep keep all the pie for yourself, basically. Yeah, we all want to. You've like got, a- you got to give that. You gotta share that pie if you want. Yeah, to. you know, because it's uh, like everyone, <laughs> everyone has a hundred percent of nothing. You know, that's what happens. Exactly. It's like you, you feel like you have a lot more because you have a hundred percent. And I don't know. I've not seen that work well all the time. <laughs> it can work well on a limited or small scale, but I don't know for the for the really. But you know, you may know know of some examples which, like you, you were talking about that one guy who spent five years. Maybe he had a hundred percent. And, yeah, and and did it do really well, or like? Well, it kind of kickstarted the indie game revolution, but he gave it away <laughs> for free. So oh, I okay. don't <laughs> think he. There's been subsequent ports to everything, including uh, the Nintendo 3DS. So he's okay. probably made cash off it. I know he's doing mobile games now. So oh yes. Okay. Yeah. I I suspect he makes his living off it. Okay. Um, but. That project was a labor of love. Yeah. He made that game because he loved it. I, I love my game. Yeah. But I also like not being homeless. So yeah. I'm going to have to find some compromise between those two well, ideals. Yeah. With that said, are you, um, are you, so, so let's discuss the marketing then. What, what are you doing in terms of marketing to make sure that your game, you know, gets more views on Greenlight and potentially even gets more exposure? In some ways, Greenlight is really good. A lot of people criticize it because Valve kind of chucked it out there and it's kind of a mess. There's a lot of weird stuff on there and sometimes things get greenlit. Um, that, you wouldn't suspect. And a lot of those criticisms are valid, but the one thing that Greenlight is good for is you're on your own, you have to get people to look at your game and say, I would probably buy that. Because if it gets onto Steam, that's (coughs) the reality. People are going to have to get driven there somehow. Steam will direct them a little bit, but you're on your own still. And when they see your game on Steam, they're going to make that same decision, except with real money. Instead of just a, a green light boat. Um, my game's kind of niche. It's a, a puzzle game, logic puzzle, so that doesn't appeal to sort of core gamers that like FPS kind of stuff or, or strategy games, maybe. It okay. does have an appeal. There's a lot of people that like that kind of game, but there's not a strict community. Um, I tried posting to various places, but a lot of the bigger communities, like the, the sort of game development communities, in the game communities, there is a lot going on there, and it's hard yeah. to get a foot in the door. Um, yeah, it's, it's I got hard. a few boats here and there, but okay. nothing significant from there. Um, one place I got a lot of votes was uh, Linux gaming community. Oh, really? Okay, awesome. Yeah, there's a board on a, a Reddit for <laughs> Linux gaming. Okay. Um, and to them, it's kind of like an identity vote. They see my, my game's developed on Linux, and it's going to be Linux on release day as well as Windows and Mac. And I think they see. Well, maybe I don't know. This is 
complete speculation, but I think they see is voting for a game that's got Linux support is yeah. voting for Linux on Steam, yeah. on SteamOS. Um, or it could just be that the people that hang out on Linux gaming boards like logic puzzles. That wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. Um, but I, but I th- similarly, uh, yeah. on you go. Oh, no. What I was going to say is I think it, it lends itself to the idea of just hitting communities that are underserved. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to post the Mac gaming community as well. Oh, because, yeah. Um, That's a good idea. This is a similar situation. A lot of games skip over Mac support. And they shouldn't. It's low hanging fruit. Um, another one is uh, translations. Get your game. Oh yeah. With subtitles in tons of languages. People will do it for free. This is something that people will do for free. Um, I've had. I've been approached by a translator for French, for German, for uh, Czech. Um, Apparently, Russian and Chinese are big markets that will only buy if your game has that language. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll uh, get your game through other means. Yeah. So all of these smaller or less represented communities will be interested in your game if it has something that appeals to them, even if the game doesn't directly appeal to their community specifically. Yeah. Um, I feel like... You know, I mean, yeah, what, I mean, I guess what are other ways that you can potentially, you know, are, are you going to, now that, now that the game's out there, are you still working on it or are you trying to build maybe another game, um, in the series or even just another type of game or what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, when I posted the green light, I spent a week pretty much just hitting F5 on the stat screen when I should have been working <laughs> on the game. It's hard. Yeah. Um, there's always this idea that once you show people something, it's kind of in your mind. They've, they've, uh, almost like it's, it's food. And once you've given it to them, they've eaten it and that's it. Um, so it's always good not to show all your cards. There's plenty of stuff in my game, which I deliberately didn't put in the green light trailer. Okay. Um, so I've still got things that no one apart from me knows about. And that, I think that drew me back in. After about a week, I kind of stopped worrying so much about Greenlight. It yeah. was trending upwards slowly. And I just sort of reckoned, well, it's going to stew for probably a couple months at least. I need to get this game done. Okay. So I haven't planned, I've got an idea for what I'll make next. If this game is successful, I'll make more puzzle games because yeah. if something works, keep yeah. doing it. Um, Have you thought my, about... Oh, go ahead. go ahead. Well, my main plan is to get the game finished and up on Itch.io. Okay. Forget about the green light. I'm going to keep doing things to encourage people to look at my green light, but I'm not going to sit sweating over it. Yeah. You get as much time as you want on green light and it might take a long time. What I do know is that games that get greenlit green quickly always have a playable version, either a demo, uh, a beta, open beta, or the game is on itch.io and it's in a bundle, people have it. Oh, yeah. That drives them in. They want to see that on Steam. Okay. And and for now, your greenlight, you don't have a demo, 
or anything? I don't have a demo, but I've been providing uh, builds to uh, YouTubers. One, oh yeah, one that's YouTuber, what I was uh, Contact me, uh, th pion. Oh, okay, awesome. Did a, a twenty-minute preview of my game. Yeah, uh, and how did that go? <laughs> he got. He did it well. He didn't fall into any of the uh, traps that. I've seen some playtesters do where they get things stuck in odd places. Oh, yeah. I haven't worked out every single little niggle in the level design and the, the movement. Um, with a puzzle game such as my own, it's a, a puzzle platform. The movement has to be very specific. Um, for example, if, if you're empty-handed, your character can jump three squares high. Okay. But when you're carrying an object, they can only jump two squares high. Okay. And uh, all the ways you can jump and drop objects, it has to it has to adhere to that. So every time I tweak the movement, it's a big deal. Um, which is why there's occasionally situations where it can get a bit awkward that I haven't quite ironed out because it's um, sort of a game of diminishing returns. Okay. Um. But that brings up a good point about getting your game out there. You're, you know, because I was thinking about someone that I talked to on this show that just got greenlit, and yep. they had a demo, right? And so I'm, yeah. I, I'm concerned because, <laughs> because you said you don't. I know, I know the YouTubers playing it that'll help. Yeah. But I mean, I guess. Do you think have you been contacting more YouTubers, or are you just going to let it see see what happens naturally? Yeah. I contacted a whole load. Okay. One go back to me. Now he's done it. I'm going to contact ones I contacted before that didn't respond and say it has been covered by other YouTubers. Oh yeah. yeah How about now? Okay. Um, I found the YouTube video drove in a lot more votes than Twitter. I got retweeted oh, yeah. by Zachtronics. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a That's big good. guy on Twitter. He's got forty-five thousand yeah. followers. Um. But I found Twitter to not be that yeah. great. It's okay, but I think a lot of people use Twitter on their phone. I, know, oh, okay. I do. Yeah. And when you're on your phone, you click through to Greenlight page. I'm not yeah. logged into Steam on my phone. And if you're not logged in, if if, if they see it, they're not logged in. You you don't get their vote. They're not going to remember it and come back later. Okay. Uh, maybe they are, but essentially, you've lost their vote at that point. Um. So Twitter is okay, but uh, definitely uh, YouTubers and online communities have been the strongest for me. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm In terms of demos, yeah. though, <laughs> I thought about it, but it's a puzzle game. Yeah. If it was an action game, maybe. I, I probably would do demo. <laughs> Puzzle game, well, like the first like twenty puzzles, well, maybe not twenty, fifteen to twenty, yeah. are sort of educational in nature. They're not a tutorial, but you learn yeah. a lot by playing them. Yeah. So. No, I understand. I'm. Ju I was just thinking back to the other guy that got approved, and 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 when you said that, oh, you know, usually the people who get approved have a demo. And I was like, wow, maybe well, that's why I got approved. Quick. Yeah, yeah, because you got approved in a month or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, no, it was a month and a half, ones, I think. Yeah, that's typical of ones that have uh, demos. Yeah, um, and, and so, so, dude, and and you you're in a race against time, 
I mean, not really a race, but you know, the well, faster the better, right? Like, I'm in a race against having to get conventional employment. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, look, the, yeah, the guess, faster the faster you move forward, the better, because you never know. You you learn faster. You can maybe find some other new techniques or or perspectives that you know finally snap everything into place. You know that little one change that makes everything work. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I guess. That is interesting that um, even if you did a five level demo, what do you could you even put could you even update your green light to have that or not? Yeah, of course you can okay. post it, but you don't get directed views from Steam after the first two days, so I don't know how effective Oh yeah. Jeez. It, okay. The first five levels of my game don't even get into the core mechanic of okay. chests. They they don't appear until actual yeah. level six. Um, plus, the menus are not very good. There's no options. There's a lot of the core game works well, but a lot of the stuff around yeah. it is wobbly at best. Okay. Yeah. Um, if it was an action game, I would have had a demo ready to go because an action game is is different to a puzzle game. Once you play a puzzle game through, you yeah, kind you of can. done with it. I I understand. I'm just focused on the concept of getting greenlit quickly. And yeah, that other yeah. guy had a puzzle game and but he didn't he was gonna have multiple worlds and I think he only placed one or two worlds in the in the demo. Yeah. So and plus, you know what, his goal wasn't necessarily to even monetize it. He was just going through the process of getting greenlit. You know, he was gonna actually focus on some other new type of game. Um so you know, it was different goals and so maybe that um I don't know, that's different too. So, I don't know. Well, um, I think I said before that I made my game uh, look good for Greenlight, but it's playable, but it's pre-alpha. Yeah, that's fine. I think people might be put off if they play the demo. I'm saying that to yeah, justify my own poor decisions, perhaps. But No, I look, um, I think I think this is another issue that I've seen with game developers and even myself, because, you know, it's like, if you put out crap, you know, first of all, this is your first time, so people may not even give you another chance. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> so I understand what you're saying, but it sounds it sounds fascinating anyways, the game itself, so Thanks. I don't know, but... Um, it's difficult. It's like a game of poker. I've yeah, got to keep my cards played just right. If well, I... you got to take risks. <laughs> It was like a game of poker, yeah. yeah. Um, if I overextend, though, it can it yeah, can backfire. Um, was it? Would it have been better if I'd included a demo? I don't know. Probably. I mean, could, maybe I you probably could try got it. more votes. Yeah, that's what I'm concerned of. Because I'm like, wow, you already got a thousand people. Maybe some of them would have downloaded it. Maybe you know, and who knows? You know, it, like I'm preaching about Greenlight. I don't. I'm just only referring to the one person because I haven't put anything on Greenlight. And I'm just referring to the yeah. one person that it, I was actually, because we have a mentorship on this podcast. And so yeah, there was this one guy that I mentored and he put it on green light and he got green lit, but I don't know. I think he wanted to do that, some that VR speaks stuff. Well of your, that speaks well of your mentoring that. Yeah. <laughs> good <laughs> That's job. Good. But, but it's also good to know what's, what's happening because things change. Maybe like what worked even three months ago doesn't work anymore, you know? So, yeah. Um, but like you said, I think just in terms like, of, in terms of demos, instead of that, my goal now is to finish the game and get up on itch.io because then I yeah. can start selling it. And what? if 
Yeah. If you sell your game on Itch.io and it later gets greenlit and put on Steam, you can generate Steam keys for everyone that bought it on Itch.io and yeah. keep selling it there. No, that's good. Um, and you're getting a revenue stream too. And, yeah, and, and that is somewhere between a demo and a release, I'd say. I, I don't mean to speak down of Itch.io. It's a great service, and I intend to use it for my game. I've got stuff off there before. It is really good. It just doesn't have the user base of Steam, yeah, which fine. is not surprising. Steam yeah. is just like 200 million but people or I something. Feel, I feel like as indie developers, you have to find that new thing potentially that kind of has a lot of opportunity, but not a lot of competition. I mean, Steam is well known, yeah. and there are definitely benefits to being on Steam, but sometimes it's just like mobile. When, when the indie developers put their games on mobile at first, it was a land grab. It was- you know, and, yeah, and the people who were there early. Yeah. And even though that was not as big at that time as the PC or whatever, blah, 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 it turned out to be really huge. So sometimes you have yeah, to take that risk. pastures ready to Yeah, exactly. Explore. And nowadays, like my dad says this to me, why don't you make mobile games? And yeah. <laughs> I don't know almost anything about making mobile games. I understand. But I do know if you go on the Google Play Store, or presumably the Apple Store, there is so much shovelware. Yeah, it is. is not like it was five. It isn't. Or, Look, and that's what I'm saying now. Now it's like, besides, what's next after mobile, right? Like, what's that new yeah. green pasture that's actually VR? Yeah, maybe you know, it might be VR. I mean, I people are saying it. That's my concern. Is you see, you hear the games industry saying, "Oh, it's VR." But my, my concern yeah, is that every time I hear the games industry say something, they're always wrong. Like, like what I'm saying is like, they're like, oh, it's all about graphics. You know, if you don't have this many polygons and then finding like these, these really simple social games on Facebook made way more money <laughs> than like 90% of the ones that were like AAA titles that were on console and they even yeah. got more players on, on Facebook than the console. You know, isn't and, The Sims 2 one of the highest grossing games of all time? Yeah, the Sim, but I, that was on I PC, think it's right? The Sims Two. It's the Sims Pardon? franchise. The Sims franchise. The Sims. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. It, they've never yeah. been kind and, of AAA. They're not like college. Yeah, and you know what? People think, were not in favor of that. Super addictive. Yeah, and and so that's um, why I'm really hesitant about the general game dev community because look, Minecraft could have been coded by any from could have potentially been coded by a decent amount of people. But it was this indie developer yeah. who kind of went from the casual perspective that actually coded it, that made it happen. So yeah. that's why when I hear like, and, and I remember when Connect, I don't know if you're familiar with Xbox Connect, but yes. um, I remember when that came out and, you know, people are thinking that's going to be the next thing. And, you know, it's just like. I heard that a lot. I never, I never quite got that. Because yeah. Whenever I used Connect, I was like, well, <laughs> that's okay, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm always hesitant of where the industry is going because, you know, in fact, the people who did VR weren't really from the industry. Okay, like the the people yeah. who kind of catalyzed the VR movement, whether it's Oculus or whatever, they kind of came out of. Uh, I don't. I don't think they were really. Yeah, they they were kind of associated with people who were doing game development, but it wasn't like straight from the game industry. It wasn't like Sony and Xbox and whatever and and no, whoever well, you know and even Nintendo. So. That's why I, I yeah. don't know what the next thing is going to be. I'm just concerned because I, I, I've tried VR and it's amazing. Have you tried VR or no? Like, I have an Oculus uh, Dev oh, wow. and I've tried DevKit. Oh, wow. Uh, so th- what I haven't about tried that Vive as a- yet. 
What about that um, as a, a financial opportunity? Have you thought about that too, or because I, I can't, I can't develop on the Oculus because they removed Linux support, and oh, Mac support. Okay. After the Facebook purchase, so uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Anyway, yeah. and and I, you know the question is is yeah, will it be VR? Because you know it's funny. I, I was like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I agree with you. <laughs> it's like, do you remember Beanie Babies? Yeah. How they said these are going to be the collectible thing. Yeah. But the problem with collectible things is if you say these are going to be the collectible thing. Yeah. Then they're not going to be. Beanie Babies were kind of popular, say, right? I mean, they were popular, but then everyone had them. And they weren't yeah. rare. Maybe there was no value in them. Yeah. Um, is VR <laughs> the next big thing? Uh, I think it will be a thing, a yeah. big thing. Maybe not. I mean, it I, is really cool, and yeah, I think it there's is. certain. It reminds me of mobile in that the games that work on a, a PC, are your FPSs or, or whatever. Yeah. They a lot of them don't work on mobile, but there's different types of games that do yeah. work on mobile. Um, and it's similar with VR. Certain yeah. things work really well in VR. Um, racing games are fantastic. Um, space sort of piloting games. Basically, any game where you're in a chair in the VR simulation works well in VR because it feels yeah. natural. But running is not good in VR, right? Like, I don't think. No, not really. A lot okay. of uh, first-person games in VR now use the teleport mechanic where you. Okay, yeah. It's like in Minecraft with the Ender. Yeah, the so portal. I'm yeah. probably getting that wrong. You chuck it and then you teleport <laughs> to where it lands because that doesn't induce motion sickness. Yeah, you uh, know, and and that's the, exciting. Yeah, that's that's interesting that that's being picked up. People are starting to adapt to yeah. what VR gives us. I remember before the Rift came out, everyone was talking about horror games are going to be so good in the Rift. Yeah. And after the first dev kit came out, and people tried horror games, they found out that no, they're not good in the Rift. They're just yeah. traumatic. They're way too intense and yeah. severe. And see, that's why um, I'm concerned because it's like everyone thinks it's going to work one way, and then it. Whatever happens, yeah. it seems to work a totally different way. It's just like people are very people like get on Twitter, and now you're seeing that YouTube got you more view or more votes than Twitter. Yeah, you know, and it's I don't know. So it's hard to call. I don't yeah. know what the next big thing will be. I don't. I wouldn't bet on VR. You know, the thing is though, I tried HTC Vive, and it was amazing. And so I was talking to yeah. this to this one girl about it because she tried it, and I was like. And what do you think? You know, you can, you can, guys can say they like it or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Do you think women will use this? Cause honestly, like, you think, cause I think about casual games, right? And, and it has to yeah. be on a platform that both men and women will use. So Xbox and some of these consoles, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a little lopsided versus, you know, where you look at social networks where it was closer to 50 50 or, or even mobile where it's both men and women own devices, right? And so she's like, yeah, maybe she could see that as something, you know, like, and, and it kind of made sense the way she said it. She said, it could be, um, it could be like your TV room. Instead of the TV room, now it'll be your VR room, right? Because that'll be the entertainment. Instead yeah. of spending four hours on watching TV, which people aren't really watching TV anymore, as much anymore anyways, or, you know, they watch it on, on their digital devices, they'll just use it as their VR room. And maybe in that in that regards, I can see that as potentially working, right? If it's your, VR, I can imagine that, but I, it's kind of a yeah. It may not. It's I can't a, see how 
humanity would get to that point. Maybe <laughs> it seems a yeah. bit fanciful, but I, I could imagine that. Um, and and the other issue is it's very expensive to set it yeah. up still, you know, and that's the other issue right now is that it's a different to, market from the casual yeah. games and the mobile yeah. games. I think I read in a few places that there's actually more women gamers than there are men. Yeah. And yeah, the, the average gamer is like a four-year-old woman sort of thing. Yeah, 40-year-old, you mean, right? Something, something like that. Yeah. I, I no, you're right. There's now more women. And so that's why I'm like, that's why I'm really paranoid about all this stuff because if, because I like to uh, do casual type stuff and if women don't play it, then I, I mean, I don't want to catch yeah. these stupid trends. Not stupid, but I don't want to catch these kind of like, like, like traditional trends from the industry are like more pixels, more polygons, more console, and more you know, macho. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. So, anyways, it's but hard. yeah. But I mean, still VR is interesting. But you know, maybe it'll still be mobile for a little bit. Who knows? <laughs> it'll probably be mobile for a while. There may not be a next big thing. Yeah. No, I've, I'm well, sure there, there probably will be at some yeah. point. But we just won't recognize I, it. Until it's too late, you know. And, well, that's that's always the case, but I think it's just. Uh, and it might look. It might be if they can get the VR devices down to a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, and they're oh, just as that, good. That would. Be you know, and now difference. that's actually what I've seen happen is that now they're just going to repurpose the phones so that they they can handle VR. Yeah, we've well, got Google Cardboard, which is well, yeah, stuff. but that's not. But now it's going to like it's going to be way better than that. Because I think the thing with Google Cardboard versus HTC Vive, there's a huge difference. Well, right? There's a difference there. Yeah. yeah. But now that they'll have controls, I think in the last Google, whatever, the Google developer thing, they um, they were going to now have controls with the VR. So because Google Cardboard, yeah. there weren't really any good controls. Now, if you can use hand controls, then it's more immersive. Right, and people are already yeah, used sure. to upgrading their phones every couple of years. So, if they can get the processing power into that, I can see that as working. The issue right now with HTC Vive and Oculus is that you need a fifteen hundred dollar computer on top of the eighteen, or on top of like a five hundred or eight hundred dollar investment. Now, some people have that yeah. computer, and that's fine. But you know, for the casual audience, or even for it's, the mainstream, it's a hardcore yeah. gamer thing. They're yeah. not appealing to the average Joe. And they yeah. won't be for any, for uh, they won't be anytime soon. Yeah. So, saying that, yeah. once one person has it, lots of people can experience it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And like plus, it's, it's a wonderful thing to share. To put your friend, yeah, in a headset and then uh, get them to experience some of these like roller coasters and stuff and watch them. Yeah, right? And so maybe, maybe that's, that's the thing. It'll be like an entertainment piece for party, you know, social parties or, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, so we'll see what happens. But look, as an indie developer, you kind of have to bet early on what'll work and what won't. I don't know. I mean, it's, there's, yeah, there's a VR whole bunch of different complex. It's hard for indie developers. There's a lot. Um, but it's also but it's hard easy. to get a good looking 3D game and the VR stuff adds a whole layer of complexity. Yeah, but that's why tools like Unity and stuff like that are really nice because they make it much more yeah. easy. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, I mean, it, it is interesting to hear what <laughs> other people's opinions on VR. But, um, but yeah. So, 
so I guess related to puzzle gaming, though, I don't would, would VR work with your puzzle game or? <laughs> Someone actually asked that in my green light. Oh, okay. Cool. Will there be an Oculus Rift version? <laughs> Ironically, of course. Um, lots of these. There's lots of things you can do in VR that are surprisingly cool. What's cool in VR is not what you would expect. Yeah. Um, I've never tried Portal in VR. I wonder what that would be like. Yeah, you know, that that could be interesting. And and that's the thing. Maybe VR offers you a different design medium so that your puzzles would change in general. You know, yeah. like how you would design it would be completely different. So maybe it's it may not be applicable. I think as game developers, you have to consider games that can actually transcend each medium. You know, it's like, it needs to be a game that's, I don't know, I mean, that, that'll work for a lot of places, in my opinion. So People but, are poor choosing their medium. I've seen so many mobile games that have, like, a bunch of controls on screen. Yeah. And you're just sitting there thinking, why is this on the mobile? <laughs> okay, I can play it on the bus, but... I don't enjoy playing it anywhere. Yeah. This should be on a PC. Or vice versa, you get a yeah. PC game that's just like a clicky thing, and you think, what? This should be on my phone. What? <laughs> Why am I playing this on a PC? Yeah. VR it's... is the same, and it, it probably will be forever, but when VR is good, it's very, very good. Yeah. And I'll be keeping an eye on it. <laughs> One uh, thing that... Yeah. Probably related to Portal, but one thing that really amazed me was at the start of Half-Life 2, Episode 2, I don't know how familiar you are with all this stuff, but yeah, you go into a shed and you, Alex is there and you're talking to Dr. Kleiner on the screen. I mean, you just yeah, play it normally on your monitor, it's, it's fine and whatever. In VR, it's really cool all of a sudden, this scene, because you've got Alex in 3D... And you've got Dr. Klein on the screen, but the screen is 2D because it's a TV screen in the VR world. Yeah. So you're looking at a 2D image on a 3D TV in a 3D VR world. It's it's just so small, but it just suddenly it just seems so real for a sudden for a moment. Um, yeah. So in terms of that, yeah, look, it's exciting. how that could affect puzzle games. There is so much you can do with perspective and geometry in VR for puzzle games. Yeah. And maybe one day, if I get a lot of money, I will do that sort of thing. Yeah, when you when you go into puzzle, like now that you're, I mean, you've got the the gist of this game ready. Are you doing any other puzzle design exploration, or are you still focused mainly around the puzzle design and mechanics of this game? Um, the this game is pretty much ironed out. I'm trying to think of maybe one more mechanic that I can add in for some secret levels. Um, I like putting secrets in games yeah. because I think people like finding secrets. Um, so I already have a slew of secret levels that have a completely new mechanic on them. Okay. Um, if you, There are ways of violating the sort of structure of reality in my game. You can arrange the chests and go deeper and deeper, kind of like Inception, you go several levels down okay. and then move the chests around. It's a bit hard, it's intuitive when you play it, well, I hope it is. <laughs> but um, basically what happens is when you exit out of the chests, you come to a point 
where you're not exiting back to a place that exists anymore. You went into a chest that you've subsequently removed. So when you exit that chest, it doesn't exist. And basically, it kicks you off to a completely new puzzle at that point that's all glitchy looking. Um, okay. And that's got a new mechanic that's not in the game, uh, not in the main game. Uh, so I'm trying to think of one more mechanic for some more, for uh, for another layer of secret levels that. Ow, I'm not gonna <laughs> reveal how you get to them at this point, but um, I haven't come up with anything good, and if I can't think of anything, I probably won't add them in. Okay. Um, but it's there's only so many mechanics you can put into something before it feels bloated. Yeah, no, I understand. And 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 now that the game, once it's solid, are you thinking about then bringing in potentially an artist or some of these other types of people to? Share a pie with, or do you feel that at this point, since it's already done, it's not worth it? It's, I guess, at this point, since you kind of already developed it, it may not be worth it. it. I don't know. What are your thoughts? If I really think that the art is holding it back, I might contract an artist to not redraw it, but just yeah. And I get give you're it right. once over. They're not going to be a partner because they weren't there, right? No, that's, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to give them a slice of the pie for that, but I will. Yeah. That would be a financial investment. If I think okay. I can invest in an artist's time for well, benefit, then... Well, I would take the gamble and the artist would walk yeah. away with some of the money. So that's uh, everyone happy in that regard. Um, but I, I, at the moment, I'm happy with the art as it is for the game. Okay. I'll always be tinkering with it and improving it. Yeah. Um, because when you look at something a thousand times, all you can see is the faults. Yeah. Um, which is good, because then you can get rid of them. Although, you don't want to tinker forever. Sometimes you just have to let it sit. And I think that's where I am with the art right now. I'm just going to let it sit for now. Okay. And focus on getting the whole game as a complete package working. Um, you know, as, as part of your indie development, are you reaching out to maybe other game developers in your community or just other indie developers? or um, I went to events in my local community. Yeah. Um, I live in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, and there's a, a couple of like, good meetups for indie developers. Okay. Um, I hadn't been to them before. I just was on Greenlight and thought I needed to network. So I went along, they were very receptive and friendly, and Edinburgh isn't exactly the biggest city, so if you live in a city anywhere, there will be local groups you can connect with. Um, in terms of internet stuff, I've emailed a few developers who I think are nice guys in the hopes that they will Give me a shout out. That's why Zachtronics, uh, Zach Barf of Zachtronics did. He, he gave me a tweet, a retweet, and that helped. Um, but that was just from me emailing him. I, I had spoken to him before, but um, if you don't put yourself out there, you will never gain anything. And these people are not going to 
be insulted. They had to do the hustle when they were starting out. Everyone has to do it. You have yeah, to. Yeah, I understand. You have to. You have to network. It seems shameful when you're doing it. You're just emailing no, someone just... and saying, "Hey, I made this and it's great." <laughs> <coughs> well, didn't you have to do that for the for the marketing? I mean, when you emailed me, you know, as part yeah, of the podcast show, that is what you've got to do, and you. And has it's, it, it's a bit shameless, but if you don't do it, you're not going anywhere. Well, at least you had a game that's done, like like it's almost done. So, um, that's good. Yeah. But but I feel like, um, how how has that worked out? Like, because because I take it you're emailing media maybe every day or or every week at least. Just to I try to do something every day for yeah. my green light. That's my goal is to push it forwards every day. Doesn't matter. How slow you're going? If you're moving forwards, you will yeah. get there eventually. And have you has that <clears throat> when you when you mail that out? Has that worked out, or, or are you like what's what's been the response? Uh, maybe five percent okay. of emails I send out get a response of any kind. That's good. So <laughs> every twenty I write, maybe one will get back. But that's okay. fine. Writing an email. Yeah, I'm is, not. Look, I, I it, it would be nice where other listeners can get a sense of, you know what? If I send out 20 and I got one, that's good. Because we don't know. Sometimes you're like, well, I sent out an email. I sent out 10 and I got no responses. And you might think that's bad. But yeah. <clears throat> but if you expect to say, you know what? One out of 20 or one out of 50 is fine. Then okay. You know, you just got to keep it's moving. Just an email. The best way to receive a letter is to send a letter. Yeah. Just write them. Don't copy paste. Yeah, no, that's see, that was the one thing I noticed with your once again with your message is that it wasn't copy pasted. It was like you actually reached oh. out specifically, at least partially. Right. <laughs> well, it's you know, hard not to repeat yourself. Yeah, no, I understand. But, but at least, like at least I could sense that if I responded to you, it would actually you were actually potentially interested in doing yeah, an interview. You can see the human behind. The yeah, exactly. Human. So I think I think that's a good litmus test is to just say, you know what, just communicate. Reasonably, yeah. you know, and, and things can. You've work. got a you've got a target as well. There are lists of YouTubers, list of Twitch streamers. Yeah. If your game is good for Twitch um, streaming, that sort of thing. Um, for example, a rogue a rogue rogue oh, yeah. game. They're great for Twitch. Um, <laughs> Do, well, are you reaching it, out to anyone on Twitch, or what? What are your thoughts for your game? I haven't reached out to Twitch because I don't think puzzle games are okay. the best for that. Yeah. Um, but I have used Twitch as a tool for playtesting with some of my friends oh, who live yeah. far away. They just they stream it. I mean, I don't care Which... if someone comes in and sees an alpha version and say, they say, "What is it?" Um, we just I just say, "Well, it's recursed," and follow it. I mean, that that's cool for them because they get to see really early versions of the game. Yeah. But essentially, it's just a private. That's what I was going to mention. Twitch also, game. is that playtesting because it sounded like you were doing playtesting, which I think. Is really important. It's so important. Yeah, but it's it's um, difficult to get someone in person or new people in person and just get them to want to play your game randomly. I feel unless you found a way to do that, and that's what uh, I was going to ask about. <laughs> I have a fair few friends from just gaming online and stuff. Okay. Um, whenever a, someone play tests, it's yeah. really important not to continually prod them. Yeah. Just sit there and shut up and let them. If they're failing on a level for ten minutes, you should sit and endure that too, because it's your fault. Okay. You made this, and they're they're getting stuck because of you. 
Um, uh, when I say stuck, in a puzzle game sense, there's good stuck and bad stuck. Uh, ideally, you want them to at some point get stuck in the puzzle game, but stuck in thought, not stuck because something's embedded in a wall when it shouldn't be or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Twitch or Twitch is great for this because if they stream it, you can sit and watch, and it also archives it for a month, so you can rewatch it later. Okay. Um, it's really important to watch what they do, and yeah. kind of think about what they're thinking when they play it. And I think because you need to manipulate, especially early on. The first few levels of a game are so important; they need to learn and they need to be led without feeling like they're being led. So they learn the game, but they also need to feel like they're doing it. So that Twitch has been invaluable in that regard. Okay. Um, I feel like, what about in-person testing? Isn't that also important? I mean, Twitch is pretty decent and it's better than nothing. Um, right? Yeah, I've let uh, some of my friends play it. And when I went to local game dev meetups, I brought my laptop and let people play it. It's, it's good to watch people's faces when they're playing it. Yeah. Keep an eye on the game, but watch their <laughs> face. If they've got a pained expression, <laughs> that's not a good sign. Um, well, so what's, what's... Body language in general. What's been the facial expression when, when they've played your game? I mean, that you've sensed. Um, I've had quite a few aha moments. Okay, cool. Which is ju that's just what you want in a puzzle yeah. game. You want someone to mill about on a level for about three minutes going, huh, and then eventually they get the, the click. It's oh, good. what if I do this? And then you just know oh, they're going to do it. They're going to solve it. They can see it in their mind. So the few people have been doing that, and that's that's great. That's what that's why you make a puzzle game. You want someone to get that little moment where it all clicks together. Um, a lot of people have been quite confused early on because my game is missing. Uh, so there's going to be some sort of story stuff. Um, which is totally not implemented. So some of the stuff seems to come a little bit out of the blue. Uh, so the start is still a little rough and people have been a little confused, but most people, um, will power through. Although I know that at local game dev meetups with my friends, it's a sympathetic audience. Yeah. And, uh, someone who buys it over the internet won't have that sympathy. Okay. So it's still, it shows you what you need to iron out. Um, it's definitely worth playtesting. You cannot do enough playtesting. Yeah. I mean, the challenge is just finding enough people to want to keep playing it and, and also new people constantly, I feel. It, yeah. it, it also helps motivate you when you see that sometimes their responses and their feedback, you know, because it, it, I don't know why it gives you more energy to fix certain things too sometimes. So, um, but yeah, well, when, I mean, when you see someone else playing it in, in an em empathic term, it, you relive playing it yourself for the first time. Yeah. When you see that little smile when they get a solution, like, oh, okay, I'm starting to understand this. You, you feel that too. Yeah. It's invigorating. And again, regarding finding enough people, that's why I said Twitch is invaluable. Yeah. 
if you're just doing it locally, you're gonna run out of people unless yeah. you have thousands of friends. <laughs> but when it's on Twitch, there there's an internet of people out there. There's plenty of people who for a for a beta version of a game will stream it on Twitch for you. They just want a free version of the game and they're happy to stream it for you. It's symbiotic in that regard. So take take advantage of this. There's the the tools are there and they're all free. Okay. And I guess other than that, what what are your favorite puzzle games that you play? Um Space Chem, if that counts as a puzzle game. Oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of count it as a puzzle game because it's so difficult. Yeah, um, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was a puzzle game on <laughs> it. Can, it's kind of an engineering game. Okay. Which is Okay, I didn't know there was a uh, distinction and it's a Zectronics game. Yeah, so. no, I know. <laughs> he was he was on the show. He was talking about it. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't mean that it's made by Zectronics. That's the genre. Zectronics oh. game. <laughs> oh, okay. Because his games are not quite like other games. Oh, okay. I see um, what you're saying. <laughs> good puzzle games. Snakebird is fantastic. That's really cute and okay. not half as easy as you think. From the cute graphics, that one kept me puzzling for a while. Um, there's a cool little uh, soccer band like game called Soccer Bond. Okay, yeah, I think um, I've heard of it. It's it's like Soccer Band pushing blocks around, except it's building chemical elements, okay. Uh, okay, molecules and stuff from atoms. That's that'll keep you busy for a, a good while. Um. So those are two fairly recent ones that are good. Um, the, what's the one that came out recently? Uh, Steven's Sausage Roll. Okay. I've not yet played that because it's a little bit on the pricey side, but everyone says that the price is well worth it. And from the video I've seen, it looks, if you like logic puzzlers, it looks probably the logic puzzler of the year. Okay. Unless the witness, I, I don't know. Well, oh, my yeah. game, maybe. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and and so for you, do you feel? I mean, <clears throat> I know you mentioned puzzle design. What do you feel about, you know, the the puzzle genre in general? Do you see? Um, it's very fragmented. Yeah, and what do you think about three D puzzles or physics puzzles? I mean, where where do you see things potentially going? And and providing the most fun moving forward you know uh physics puzzles are a fad that okay will not go away you think so it's not a fad right like well i guess it's not well because you're right it's been there for a while it's been there at least be at least since you're incredible machines right like uh yeah i guess but stuff like Half-Life 2, where you had to put blocks onto a seesaw to make her a yeah. ramp and stuff. Okay. Um, if you're talking to someone who deals with sort of pure logic puzzle games, and you talk to them about physics puzzles, you'll probably just get a bad response, because physics puzzles are often... <sighs> It's more about just sort of mucking about with the tools rather than 
deducing. Yeah, but so, so you're not you're not a fan of physics puzzles then. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean that's interesting because because I've seen like they can be good. I'm not going to yeah, rule them out. No, I'm, I'm just and and it's cool to hear you say that distinction. Is that there are puzzles that are more logic based. Yeah, and then there's puzzles. That but are you physics. could blur the lines. In physics, yeah, exactly, right. In For physics. example, Portal and Portal Two, probably yeah. the, the king or champion or whatever of the puzzle game genre. That is kind of physics based. Yeah, there's certainly physics elements, but it feels like a logic puzzler. If you work okay. out where the portals need to go, you'll get to the end fairly easily. Might take a couple shots if you aren't quick enough or, or whatnot. But at its heart. It, it feels deductive. Okay. It doesn't often feel like if you just bounce things around in the right way, you can kind of lean it into working. I think physics puzzles are often used as a a, a crux when a a, cru a crutch when uh, yeah. uh, some sort of logical puzzle could be better. Although logic puzzles don't. They're not appropriate for every kind of game. I've seen yeah, games no. that have puzzles where it's like, it, it, you just feel like this shouldn't be here. Like action games where suddenly <laughs> you have to, to like start breaking a lock or something. Well, can't you mix both? I mean, what are your thoughts? You can mix both, yeah. but... Because I was just going to uh, say that I've seen hidden object game type puzzle adventures, and you know they did reasonably well on mobile. You know. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. Um, it it depends. There's no specific uh, right or wrong for all this. Yeah, it's just it's just opinion. But the pacing of a game is very important. Okay. If you have a fast game that suddenly has a slow bit, it will feel bad for the player. Oh, yeah. And if you okay. have a slow game that suddenly has a fast bit, yeah, it will just be a brick wall because. The kind of people who play slow games, like puzzle games or games where you have to sit and think, they they don't want to suddenly be doing MLG jumps and strats and stuff. Yeah. Um. So any of any of like logic puzzles, physics puzzles, even stuff like uh, color shape matching style stuff. Oh yeah. Can all go together fine. They're just different colors. For the artist to use on the canvas. Do you consider... A good example. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, a good example is Alien Swarm, the free game Valve released, had the uh, little hacking sections where you had to uh, rearrange the tiles to make a line uh, to hack okay. the door to open. Obviously, the rest of your teammates were trying to defend you from aliens, and whilst you were hacking, uh, you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't shoot the aliens. And that works really well because it's a little shape matching. It's just a little time pressure. You've just got to think fast. Uh, that worked really well. I like that. So that's an example of it done well. Okay. Um, I guess. <clears throat> do you consider hidden object games puzzles or? Um. Sure. Okay. I think the, the term puzzle has a fairly wide catchment. Yeah. I mean, people call jigsaw puzzles jigsaw oh, yeah, puzzles, puzzles yeah. but that's essentially just a large hidden object game. Yeah. 
where every single bit of the jigsaw puzzle is a hidden object amongst all the others. And they're not really deductive, but you still get the same satisfaction from solving yeah. them. So I think they are a, a puzzle in that sense. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to... People look down upon the hidden object games, but yeah. if you just take them for what they are, they're all right. So in your mind, there are kind of like... In, within the puzzle genre, there's like, you know, the physics type puzzles, there's the logic type yeah. puzzles, and then there's kind of like the jigsaw type hidden object game type puzzles. I mean, are there any other types of, uh, um, I mean, bigger subgenres of puzzles? Well, I'd I'd throw hidden object stuff in with like the shape matching, oh, that's yeah, sort okay. of like Candy Crush and... Uh, <laughs> and those are puzzles too, right? Yeah, so... They are, okay. they're, they're less deductive. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Well, to an extent, I. Th Some of them aren't kind of deductive. I mean, yeah. Uh, Candy Crush can be, yeah. Yeah. There's, it's not. Um, so there's the match three type puzzles. Distinct. There's the mystery type puzzles. You know, the mystery adventure, which I guess is logic based. Yeah. Um, there's a whole range of ways in which you can make your player think about things. Yeah. The kind I like best is. The, the pure logic, kind of the pure, pure okay. puzzles. Uh, I'll apply that term because it makes me sound important. Um, yeah. Where all the information is there, you don't need any special super player skills to do any of it. Yeah. You it's... simply need to think through it. So doing is always yeah. easy. It's always the yeah. thinking. And the logic is based on the system that you've created within the game. It isn't like they have yeah. to necessarily use outside logic. It's just something specific to that game where they have to now deduce yeah. exactly how to solve it. Yeah, and because it's not as lateral yeah. thinking um, was oh, the yeah. bane of point-and-click uh, point adventure games in the nineties. Yeah. So, where you had to use random items together for and another random effect. With your with your puzzle games, do you try to look for puzzles that actually allow for multiple solutions or is that even a requirement? Do you feel that that highlights uh, a good puzzle design, or it's not really even needed for your types of games? I, when I'm designing a puzzle, I have a solution in mind. Yeah. So my basic design process is I think about the mechanics, how they interact, um, and try and find something unique about how the mechanics interact. It's a lot like uh, magic, like uh, stage magic, magic tricks, okay. a card trick or something like that. There'll be something clever that they do with the cards, and then they wrap it up <coughs> in a nice package to make it into a magic trick. And that's what you go to a magic show for. You sit there and think, how did they do that? And afterwards... Everyone says, oh, I think he, he turned the cards upside down or he had a second deck of cards in his pocket or whatever. You know, that's, there's a lot of common ground between these disciplines in my mind. Um, yeah. So when I'm designing a puzzle, I find something. It doesn't have to be something really obscure, but just something interesting about the mechanics. For example, in my game, you can duplicate items. Um, you can duplicate an item to the room above infinitely and you can duplicate it into the same room once, but you cannot duplicate it lower. And that might not make sense, but if you play it, it becomes fairly obvious. Okay. 
So knowing that you can duplicate items under certain rules, you have to think, well, how could that, how could I make something slightly strange out of that? Once I've got some sort of slightly clever idea, I try and wrap it up in something simple, a simple level where it looks like something easy, but it's impossible. So before I talked about the level where you go into a room and there's a key with two doors. Yeah. Um, this is one of the early levels, so it is quite simple. It's just exploring the fact that you can duplicate, you can double items within a chest. Yeah. Now, it's early enough that the player won't be too familiar with that. They'll see the kind of chest reset, but they won't have clicked that that means you can therefore duplicate things to an extent. So when they first see it, they're like, okay, key and two doors. Hmm. That's impossible. <laughs> But then, after a little bit of fiddling about it, they'll realize, okay, I get it, you can duplicate this. Yeah. And um, now, that's a simple one. You, you get them much more complicated than that. And, uh, okay. But the same principle is, is there. And what are your thoughts on applying 3D or multiplayer to puzzles, to the puzzle genre? Do you feel that those things could help? or? Oh, or, 3D is really... Yeah. Uh, Which you already good. mentioned, half half life too. Yeah. Um, for a long time, logic puzzle games are sort of few and far between. Uh, I think even the ones I mentioned earlier, uh, Soccer Bond and Snakebird, are both completely two D. Uh, Stephen yeah. Sausage Roll is, has a third, is a three D aspect. Um, okay, and his previous game, English Country Tune, which is good as well. Had a three-dimensional aspect. Obviously, Portal, Portal Two, and other similar games like Cube, uh, Antichamber, um, other games like that—they're using 3D to make these puzzles, and it, I think that's fertile ground. Still, okay. I I think we'll see some amazing 3D puzzle games in the next five years. Because I don't think there's been that many. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Is like as an indie developer, in terms of puzzles, we have to see <coughs> potentially how some of these new things lend itself to either improving a genre or creating kind of a a new genre or you know a mix of genres. And I feel like with um, you know 3D, maybe that hasn't really been done as much um, for at least indie developers. And then also multiplayer, which may not even make oh. sense to do multiplayer puzzle. Oh, but multiplayer there's kind logic of... puzzles would be something from hell. Yeah, I mean, but... Puzzles are, two-player puzzles are bad enough. Like, um, Well, look, multiplayer has, like has, helped, has helped a lot of other genres, you know, become oh, yeah, more accessible. Sure. And so, but I haven't really seen it applied well for puzzle games. I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess well, Candy Crush, um, there's Candy Crush, that's for sure. There's uh, Goof Troop. And okay, yeah, which I don't know about, but I'll make Under all the games, there's um, <clears throat> Zelda Four Swords Adventure. Okay. Now, I wouldn't really call that a pure logic puzzler. It's yeah. an action game, but with puzzle elements, you know, yeah. one person has to stand on a switch while someone else does something. And of course, there's Portal 2. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess they're like those that action adventures, like action puzzle adventures, right? And, and you have like Mario 64 and stuff like that. So Yeah, yeah they've got the 
And I guess, I guess in that regards, that's both 3D and multiplayer. So maybe I'm just thinking about something completely different or whatever. Well, but, you know, I mean, so I guess it's already been done. And If you have a, a puzzle that takes one person a while to think through, having two people thinking about it at the same time will just cause arguments. Yeah, Portal no, 2 had no, the no. co-op campaign. And yeah. Portal is so well made. Yeah, that I think they got away with the court campaign. <laughs> I don't know. I, no, it's fine. All Look, the arguments I had in that were a lot of fun. I think I I would love to see co-op puzzle games. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I, it's hard to market, perhaps, but maybe, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, and maybe the design space will just be completely different. I mean, if you think about Candy Crush, that is kind of multiplayer. And, yeah. And maybe that's where the multi... It isn't directly related to the puzzle playing but it's just the other stuff related around it or even you know the help or whatever and the social aspects who knows but i mean it it is something worth exploring because i don't know i feel i mean maybe candy crush is that definitive multiplayer puzzle game that actually nah (laughs) you don't think okay yeah there i can think of very many games that are like zelda four swords adventure yeah Um, i know uh and I can't think of another game that's like Portal 2 co-op. There probably are a few. Yeah, no, there are. I'm just saying, I'd like why, to know. but why haven't they been done? Why aren't, why haven't, is there even a chance that they could become mainstream? You know, that they but could that's become. that's the thing. Puzzle yeah. games are seen as kind of niche. Although I don't think they're as niche yeah. as they. It really see. depends because hidden object games, if you, that's not, I mean, I guess that's also niche, well, but it, it's, it does reasonably well. That's sort you of know? different. That's more casual. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like casual puzzle games. I've seen those do reasonably well, but... Um, I think across the spectrum, any type of puzzle game can do well. Yeah. I think it's just not seen as a good uh, way of making profit. Yeah. A cool pixel art action game will be seen as a much safer bet than some... <laughs> online 3D puzzle game. Yeah, at this point, given, so, given design understanding, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to do an online 3D puzzle game. That would seem crazy. But It's probably to do with the hit-miss ratio. Um, yeah. If you make a kind of okay action game, that's kind of okay. But if you make a kind of okay puzzle game, it's probably not very <laughs> good. Puzzles have to be really good for them yeah. to be good. No, that's so true. Half-good puzzle is kind of terrible. Yeah, that's true. And and I think the other issue is that with puzzle games, when you think about having to create content all the time versus an action game where you can just, you know, like you said, or not like you said, but you mentioned roguelikes and kind of having procedural yeah. content generation, it makes it so much easier versus having to manually design every puzzle. If you could, for yeah. example, for your game, offer a thousand puzzles, it would have been, you know, that might be more attractive to certain people. It may not even matter. But, but the fact that you, when you want to add a new puzzle, it takes time because you have to consider yeah. the things, you have to consider design. It's not like an adventure game potentially where you just have a whole world and you're just decorating the world and then, you know. I, I think if I did offer a thousand puzzles, it would put people off. Because yeah, I know. That's why I was, that's why I kind of retracted that. These are randomly generated. <laughs> yeah, people that's don't what, want yeah. random generation. They want every, Every brick that's yeah. placed to be made. But if you had like maybe 250 puzzles, right? 
for someone yeah. who's hardcore into it, they'd be like, "Oh, that's awesome!" If if they yeah, if they like it, that would that would be a treat. That would yeah. And maybe it might turn people off. You never know, honestly. <laughs> like you know, people split A/B test things, and people get surprised about what they find out every time, which is like yeah. So you never hey, know. You don't want to scare Blair. Yeah. Um, okay. Which is something I find people often do with balancing. They make everything far too smooth, so it gets slightly harder each time. Yeah, no, exactly. And then when they get to something they can't do, it's just really off-putting. Yeah. Um, and you're saying just mix and match. There should be a, a gradient to it, but okay. I think people balance things too much. I think there is such a thing as an overbalanced game. Okay. Um, I think people like the the ride. They like the variety. Okay. I uh, okay. So I think that's that's it. Um, any other things you want to discuss? <laughs> any other? I know. I know. We've went long. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Oh, it's no problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess any other last suggestions or. Um, things that you wish you would have known when you first started um, for the audience out there, anything you want to share? Um, make more puzzle games. Okay. People will buy them. Maybe maybe I should make a puzzle game community. It's it's a genre that's really lacking a community. Yeah. I think, well, I think there's it's, no real focus. It's difficult also just from the financial point of view because when you think about it, you think about multiplayer games... <laughs> they can monetize very well. Yeah. Right? And so then, then you can build, um, you can hire a ton of people, you can kind of, and, and, you know, with puzzle games, you have to have something that really hits to really pay everything, right? And, yeah, and I but think that's, that's the challenge. Plenty of multiplayer games are dead a week after launch. Yeah. And, and, and there's so many pixel action games out there that you're fighting amongst the crowd. I understand. I'm just saying the upside for multiplayer games, if they actually hit, can be huge. <laughs> oh, right, and for sure. But, but the same for puzzle games, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, mean, not. Trying, well, I guess, I guess <laughs> I Tetris is like a puzzle game, right? So yeah, it's got puzzle, so that, puzzle action. Yeah, so that's pretty good. I mean, that did pretty well. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it, think any game can be great. I, yeah, I think uh, you're right, dude. Like, you know, the the real winners are the ones who kind of break the rules or or show that what was previously thought not possible is totally possible. And yeah, I think with 3D and the ease of things like Unity and Unreal Engine, yeah, there's plenty of not necessarily even strict puzzle games, but there's plenty of mechanics out there that have yeah. yet to be explored. You have to remember, 3D is still fairly new in terms of indie yeah, stuff. Yeah, I look, um, I agree. I think the biggest issue though is how do you like you said people how do you who find are playing the mechanics? A, yeah, how do you find the mechanics and if they're playing well, a fast game like like an adventure game which look, if you do an adventure game in 3D, that's easy to like right away see that it can it could potentially be fun. Now long term yeah. maybe you it can't grow into something cool, but but or something unique. You know, and, and so you're like, okay, well, fine, 3D adventure game. But then when you have to think about the puzzle stuff, and if that puzzle stuff messes up the flow of the, of the smooth part, then how do you handle that? Yeah. How would you balance which, cause this kind of goes to what you said before, which is like, look, if you're playing a fast game and then you have to stop to do something and vice versa, it's not going to work unless you, unless you have found a way or you feel there is an approach that actually works. And there well, might I be. I don't know because I, I come with, 
uh, from the opposite angle. I make the puzzles first and then make the game around them. Yeah. But I do know that in adventure games, people are very sick of fetch quests and stamp <laughs> collecting. Oh, I've got a thing. Take it to that person, and he'll give you a thing and take it to yeah. that person. And yet, and then go hunt five rats and all that. <laughs> yeah, look, those are not puzzles. Those are just time yeah. sinks. Yeah, and I guess, uh, <laughs> and and look, the puzzles that you're talking about, where you have to literally design the game system to reflect the puzzle logic. People may not necessarily want to do that. The fetch quests are so much easier. That doesn't mean it has to be complicated. Puzzles don't have to be that no, hard to be look, satisfying. They don't, but but who's going to... Look, the fact that you are willing to put in time to even think about puzzle design. Yeah. I guess people will do that. But look, it's the mix of the people willing to put in the time for the puzzle design, also willing yeah. to code it, willing to make sure that it's fun, <laughs> willing to play... You know, so it's a mix. You're right. There might be a bunch of... Um, there might be gold, right? There might be these huge opportunities in the puzzle space. I, but there is, yeah, I, there I is. Is. yeah, and that's why I ask you because you have that insight. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is the gold is out there. Yeah. If I knew how to find it, I would be out there but, finding it myself. <laughs> but you and you are, and you're in that process. Well, right? yeah, so, and but I, it all comes down to how to how do you make a good mechanic, and yeah, whoever can answer that question will make a lot of money from it, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. Just draw <laughs> stuff on paper until you come up with something that's quite clever. Yeah, even well I don't know, with three D puzzles it might be a little different, right? Um, um I don't know. Yeah, well, but, I no, guess I that's see what I'm you're saying. Right, draw, I wonder yeah. if that's why I'm doing a two D puzzle game because it's No, I mean three D might be the same thing. I mean if you're talking about pure logic puzzle, I see what you're saying. Like you could think Does that three D puzzle get your leg work? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, maybe that's it. Or get get your building blocks out. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> yeah, or you know, three D physics. But I don't know if you've heard of incredible contraptions or or, or fantastic I, contraptions. Yes. Right. And, I, and so that's on. I play with my kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. How do you like that? It's quite fun. Um, okay. My daughter just likes to put lots of stuff down. And so, the, And you consider that a chaos. puzzle. So that's a puzzle game, right? And yeah, that has, yeah, it's, yeah. It's and that has it, physics, yeah. and it's doing and it's doing reasonably well. So I guess I, yeah, I you uh, know what it is, is that we can't say that any genre is going to actually work. You, The exception, you have to become the exception to every rule. Right? Because technically no mobile games really make money except for the exceptions. I mean, I mean, yeah. actually, do mobile, mobile anything games do can be good. Yeah, it just needs to be done well and have yeah. a market. And same is true of puzzle games. Yeah, don't write them off as just yeah. No, a I know really, that's a really niche thing because I think there's more puzzle gamers out there than you think. Yeah, and you have to um, find a, a a way to to reach them, right? And just like no one thought that that many players would ever play a farming game, right? Until you had Farmville <laughs> or some of these other things come out. So yeah. You or look don't. at um, look at Braid. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's a random Xbox Live arcade game, and that was huge. Yeah. And then The Witness just came out. That's been huge as well. Tons of people were looking forward to The Witness. Yeah. Where did and all I, these puzzle gamers come from? They just came out the woodwork. Well, look, I think they're just lo- they're not looking for puzzle. They're looking for a unique no. experience, right? And yeah, so the exactly. real so the real question is is can you can the game developer create a compelling, unique experience 
using what people consider quote puzzles, right? That's really what it is. That so really yeah. we're not trying to say like, hey, this genre is hot, that genre is hot. People want a unique experience or a unique gameplay or whatever else that is entertaining or whatever else or fun or relates to that. And you know, with the witness, people there was hype behind it, right? There's yeah, like you that, know that did have a lot of hype. Yeah. <laughs> and so people are, are intrigued. And and so really that's what people want, right? Like you don't I don't really watch that many movies anymore. I just want to go to see the movies that have that that people have, you know, said, Wow. This yeah. blows my mind. Like I you know, and, and I think it's gonna be the same. It's it's the same with games. So the real think, so really when I said, Oh, do you feel that puzzles are gonna work or this that was the wrong approach. Really what I should say is can an exceptional or unique experience be made kind of using puzzle genre elements? You know, and, and obviously that's gonna be true. Yeah. Don't underestimate how good it feels to work something out for yourself. Yeah, I'm not you feel smart. I'm not arguing. What that. I'm what I'm trying uh, to figure no, out no, is no, what I'm like, okay, well to build that unique experience, do you need to is it because look, there are, there are enough intelligent people that you know, like what what is going to build that intel that unique experience? Is it going to be that p- those those people who do puzzle design they also need to know 3D, or maybe those people who do puzzle design need to know mobile? You know, those people who do pu- puzzle design they need to also know multiplayer. Like sometimes it's just also understanding new technology or new platforms that can make that unique experience stand out, and sometimes not. But you look at Angry Birds, right? Like that's kind of like a. Oh, I don't know if that's a puzzle it's game. A physics puzzler. Yeah, yeah. right. Physics puzzler. Get a few but birds but they put it. They put it in the pigs. in the right genre or in the right platform at the right time, with the right theme, right birds, and which were more accessible and universal, that made it take off. That made it more uh, have a better chance to succeed. Yeah. And that's that's really what I'm looking at. Is like, what is it that can potentially create a unique experience and that's why it's cool to discuss some of these puzzle concepts because even if the puzzle genre itself doesn't like even if you're not a puzzle designer if you're listening to this podcast it's like okay maybe i can use some of these puzzle concepts or elements in some kind of hybrid genre that turns out to be interesting or compelling so um but yeah i mean i guess that's it any other last comments or suggestions for people who are doing puzzle design or want to design puzzle type games oh play puzzle games okay yeah (laughs) if you want to get good at something you've got to immerse yourself in it play lots of puzzle games finish space game there you go space okay yeah get to the end of space game if you can do that then you're probably ready to start thinking about puzzle game design okay and once again where can listeners find out more information about your game the game's called Recursed. It's currently on Steam Greenlight. If this is far in the future, maybe it's on Steam or Itch.io. Okay. Um, you can find me at twitter.com slash portponky. And I have a, a YouTube channel of the same name where I post different things about my game. Okay, cool. Um, thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you very much. Yep. Cheers.